Freedom Man, that's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Tuesday, April 20th, 2010. The websites are whatonearthishappening.com and revolutionbroadcasting.com. The show is live every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. And I'll give you the call-in number. Anyone wants to call in to the show, um, the, the call-in number is Three four seven eight eight four nine four one seven. So when you call in, just hold on. I may be in the middle of uh, discussing a concept or an idea, but I will get to your calls. Okay? The number is three four seven eight eight four nine four one seven. So before we get into the topics for this evening, I want to make some. Uh, general announcements about events that are coming up in the Philadelphia area. That's where I'm from. So, um, Really, really important and big event coming up this weekend, this Saturday night. And we really need to increase numbers for this because the last couple of turnouts, while, you know, they were okay, uh, there is definite room for improvement. And um, we, we really need to get more people involved, and we need to more, get more people um, showing up at these events to get information out to the uninformed general public. So this is the official End the Fed rally for the Philadelphia area. If you don't know what the Federal Reserve is, you really need to learn what it is and learn why it needs to go away. They're calling this event FedStock because there's going to be a lot of great musicians at it. And it's all geared toward human freedom, and it's geared toward standing up against an immoral institution that really isn't creating anything good for humanity. So I quoted in a uh, mailing that I sent out about this event the, the Chinese philosopher Wang Yangming. 
he, he said, to know and not to do is not to know. And I would take that adage a little bit further, and I would say, to know and not to act is not to know or care. To know and not to act is not to know or care. So if you're out in the Philadelphia area, if you're from this region, and you understand what the Federal Reserve is, you understand how it is controlling the, uh, the ability to prosper in our world and how it is attacking the freedoms and the sovereignty of the people of this land. Knowing is not enough. You need to take action, get out there, get other people involved, wake other people up, and actually do something about what you know. So this event is a march, rally, and concert. April 24th, that's this Saturday, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., it's going to start at City Hall on the west side of the building. That's 1500 Market Street in Philadelphia. And then it's, there's going to be a march down to the Federal Reserve Building, and then there's going to be a free concert in Independence Mall National Park. So I'll give my comments on this, and then I'll read the official announcement from the group that's hosting the event. As part of my mailing, I sent out, if you still don't understand how intricately related the Federal Reserve System is to the destruction of our natural freedoms, then you haven't really learned a thing, or you've chosen to deliberately ignore it out of apathy, laziness, cowardice, or all three. Words are not enough. If you value your freedom and the freedom of future generations of humanity, Take action. Stand with us in courage at this event and become involved with this cause today. Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is the group that is hosting and sponsoring this event. They're calling it FedStock, End the Fed 2010. It's the official End the Fed March and Rally for Philadelphia. And here's their description. The Federal Reserve System is the essential tool for big government that does not stay within its constitutional limits, leading to the impoverishment of we the people and the destruction of our liberty. In the heart of this city, where a people broke free of a royal house, this is the nation's premier and the Fed event. Come on down and have a blast rocking out for freedom on Independence Mall in Philadelphia. Show the nation with your presence that you want to end this lousy central bank cartel that has been sucking money out of America like a vacuum cleaner since 1913. Here's the general event information. It's going to be held start at Philadelphia City Hall on the west side of the building. That's at 15th and Market Streets in Philadelphia starts at 10 o'clock a.m., so be out at City Hall at 10. There'll be a rally there. The cost to attend the whole thing is completely free. If you want, if you feel like it's a worthwhile cause, then you can make a $5 donation to help pay for the, uh, the uh, cost of the event. The schedule is they're going to gather at City Hall at 10 a.m. They're going to have a rally there for about an hour. At 11.22 a.m., symbolic number, they're going to march down to the Federal Reserve Bank. 
There's going to be some speakers outside at the Fed building. After that, at around 12.30, there'll be an outdoor rally in Independence Mall National Park. And um, the, the possible uh, alternative we uh, weather location, if there's inclement weather, is the Independence Visitor Center. And there'll be speakers and entertainment. So far, the list of speakers, they have confirmed the great constitutionalist Michael Badnarik. His website is www.constitutionpreservation.org. And G.G. Bowman from Liberty Candidates, that's liberty-candidates.org. They're the confirmed speakers thus far. There may be some others added last minute. The entertainment, here's the great musical acts that are going to be playing at this event. Jordan Page, Amy Allen, The Almighty Terribles, Amp Killa, and Heist Click. So five confirmed musical acts. I think it'll be a great time. Um, I really think everybody who is concerned with the issues that are affecting our freedoms in the modern day should be at this event. There's a sponsoring and, and uh, tables available if you, if you want to sponsor the event or if you want to host a table at the event. You can get in touch with Michael Salvi and his uh, email address is phillyc4l at gmail.com. That's phillyc4l at gmail.com. You can contact Mike if you would like to sponsor or host a table in the park. The websites are nthefed.us, phillyandthefed.com, and the group who is basically putting this all together, probably the, uh, the best activist group in the Philadelphia region, and uh, the people who I feel understand the dynamic as it stands uh, with the greatest fullness in this area. That's Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. And their website is truthfreedomprosperity.org. Get involved. Get out there. That's all I can say. That's the last time I'll get a chance to make uh, this announcement. I'll, I'll announce it again at the top of the second hour. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to start... Um, promoting for another event that's coming up in Philadelphia that's critically important. I know it's still kind of a long way off. This is going to be happening in July this summer, but I want to start telling people about it now. Anybody that listens to this uh, program and anybody in the Philadelphia area uh, needs to know about this conference that's coming up and also get involved. Um, there's still time to get involved in helping in the organization of this event as well. This is called the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations. The Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations. Now, if you don't know who Nikola Tesla was, I highly encourage everyone to research this great man and great inventor because he, made, he brought so many innovations that we take for granted in our lives that are all around us. And um, without this man's brilliance, you won't have electricity running into your homes. You wouldn't have the modern conveniences of electrical devices that we take for granted. So this event is going to take place in Philadelphia this July. It's a three-day conference from July 9th to July 11th. So I'm going to read the press release for this event. The Tesla Science Foundation brings together scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts for a three-day conference highlighting the need for a new energy paradigm. 
This July in Philadelphia, the Tesla Science Foundation will be hosting a three-day conference and celebration to commemorate Nikola Tesla's legacy and world vision. A brilliant inventor who lived during the turn of the 20th century, Tesla's innovations resulted in the implementation of alternating current, the AC motor, wireless technology, and many other influential inventions that we now take for granted in the modern age. Tesla's vision to bring clean, free energy to the world through advanced wireless technologies was blocked by the financial and corporate interests of his time. Through this event, the Tesla Science Foundation will bring together like-minded scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts who share the common goal of bringing Tesla's advanced energy technologies to fruition for the betterment of humanity. The schedule of events is going to be as follows. On July 9th, there's going to be a reception dinner and an orchestral concert featuring the Divine Hand Ensemble. Their website is divinehand.net. Check them out. It's a, a great uh, orchestral ensemble featuring uh, the theremin instrument, which is a, a an electronic vibratory instrument. Uh, that's, it's conducted by a gentleman who plays the theremin, and uh, they're going to play at the reception dinner. This is going to be July 9th from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., and the location is still pending for that event. Uh, July 9th at night, there's going to be a Tesla birthday bash in Independence Mall Park outside of the Independence Visitor Center. That's at 6th and Market Streets in Philadelphia. That's going to be happening from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And uh, they're going to try to get some Tesla coils out and uh, throw firework, some fireworks Tesla style uh, outdoors at Independence Mall Park. Now, July 10th, there's going to be an event at... Uh, also at the Independence Visitor Center. It's going to be general exhibitions. There's going to be some inventions on display that deal with, uh, that, with new energy technologies. There's going to be some music. We'll have some maybe outdoor DJs or bands. And uh, that's going to be from 10 to 5. And that's just like a general information and vendor type event with exhibits and music. But there's going to be uh, free presentations and lectures at the Free Library of Philadelphia, the main branch 1901 Vine Street in Philadelphia. That's going to also be going on from 10 to 5 on July 10th. So this is kind of, there's kind of like a three-ring circus on July 10th. Uh, one of them is just for the general public who don't know much about Tesla to try to do an outreach about him. One is for Tesla enthusiasts to come in here uh, non-scientifically oriented, you know, lectures for the layman about Tesla, his technologies. That's at the Free Library of Philadelphia, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., on July 10th, and uh, I myself will be emceeing that event. I will be uh, introducing all the speakers. So uh, the next event on July 10th, also from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., is for uh, scientists and inventors. So if you're a scientist, you're an inventor, you want to really dig deeply into some of these new advanced technologies, there's going to be scientifically oriented, a scientifically oriented conference, and that's happening at... Um, uh, to Liberty Place on July 10th and 11th from 10 to 5 p.m., both days. Uh, that's to Liberty Place. That'll be on the 32nd floor. That's at 1601 Chestnut Street in Philadelphia. 
So that's that event. Uh, if you want more information about that event, visit the Tesla Science Foundation website at teslasciencefoundation.org. That's teslasciencefoundation.org. Philadelphia, PA, July 9th, 10th, 11th, a three-day conference on Nikola Tesla and his technologies, the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations 2010. Extremely important. Why is it so important? Because, as I've said many, many times, and as I'll say many, many more times, the control of energy is the control of people. If you don't understand that, you don't understand how these technological and scientific so-called elites are really controlling the events of the world. So with that having been said, with those two events having been announced, I want to jump into the, uh, the conceptual topics for this evening. I'm going to do a quick recap of some ideas and concepts that I've covered in previous shows and just give a general overview of what we do here. As you heard in the intro, this show discusses human consciousness, mind control, the occult, and any issues that affect the freedom of the people that live on this planet. So we'll be getting into heavy topics as the weeks progress. But to get to that, you have to build a foundation. And that's what I've been laying out. I've been laying that groundwork of conceptual ideas over the past few weeks. So essentially what we've covered thus far is we talked about truth. We talked about what truth is. We talked about why it's so important because alignment with it, coming into harmony with what actually is, what actually is taking place around us and within us is what consciousness is all about. When we do that, we're building a world of order and freedom. When we get out of alignment with what is actually true, and we get off onto poisoned worldviews, we get off onto poisonous ideologies that are completely not in keeping with what actually is, with what actually is taking place within us and around us, then we really don't know who we are. We start to forget who we are. And this leads to disorder. It leads to chaos. It leads to further and further states of fear and control, which is a big part of what we were talking about on the last show. In general, we've discussed the aspects of human consciousness, how we manifest our consciousness in the world through our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. We discussed the human brain. We got into the physiology of the brain, the three components of the human brain, and how they're so critical to understand. Because understanding how the brain works helps us to understand why behaviors that we witness are being manifest in the world. We talked about how the brain becomes imbalanced toward one brain hemisphere or another, leading to certain states of consciousness. And that I'm going to really get into that a lot tonight when we start to talk about worldview, which is the topic for this evening. See, we, what we basically discussed on previous shows, and I'll continue to emphasize this, is the ability to tell truth from falsehood is the underlying causal factor 
to everything we see play out around us. The philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said that humanity is only fooled in two ways. That's it. Only two ways. We believe that which is not true, and we refuse to accept that which is true. That's it. That's the only two ways people are fooled. I would extend this to say the only two reasons that humanity experiences suffering are just that. We accept that which is not true, and we refuse to accept that which is. So in, in keeping with that, we started looking into an ideology that I refer to as the biggest lie. Because when you start to discuss truth, inevitably the notion comes up, can truth be known? Is it possible to know what the truth actually is? And there's a philosophy out there. I refer to it as the biggest lie. This is the philosophy of every, the underlying philosophy I should say, of every totalitarian regime and every tyrannical regime that has ever existed on this world. And this philosophy, this underlying ideology, is known as solipsism. Solipsism, I'm going to spell it, S-O-L-I-P-S-I-S-M. Solipsism is the belief, it is the, the ideology, that there is no such thing as truth. That only our perceptions exist that there is no such thing as objective truth or objective reality. Only our perceptions exist. That's what we base all of our experience upon because that's all that's real. Perception is reality. Those are the, that's the, the, the simple sentence that all that we call solipsism, the whole ideology, can be boiled down to. Perception is reality. And what this show is basically gearing to do, what is the underlying focus of this show is to just completely put as many bullet holes in that ideology as possible because it's utter nonsense. And there, there's, not, there's not really anything that I can do except talk about you know, what's playing out in the world, the events that are playing out in the world, discuss the underlying causal factors for those events playing out. But I cannot get anybody to accept that. It's impossible to, to make anyone accept the notion that there is such a thing as truth. That's the first and only belief required. You need to believe that there is such a thing as truth to aspire to, to move your spirit towards. That's what the spiritual journey is, folks. That's what it's about. It's about the belief that there is such a thing as truth. It can be discovered and you can discover it. Solipsism tells people that there is no truth. So don't bother trying to find it. Don't become a seeker. Stay complacent. Accept. Just trust whatever perceptions you happen to have at the moment. Don't try to go any further than that. Just accept. That's what solipsism is. And every dictator, every tyrant, every king, every bully, 
every totalitarian regime that has ever existed that has been the underlying philosophy that they have tried to get their subjects, their slaves, to accept. If you don't believe me, just look throughout history. Study history, and you will see this underlying ideological thread throughout everywhere where misery has developed and followed it. Okay? So that's all I'll say on solipsism, but we'll get into it as we discuss worldview. Now, last show, we talked about the emotional polarities, and they were love and fear. These are the two essential emotional qualities that we can ever really experience. Everything else that we experience within us is an outgrowth of one of these two seemingly polar dynamics, love and fear. Love is the basis for everything that we refer to as good, everything we refer to as uplifting, everything that we say moves us forward in our journey of evolution, everything that creates order in our lives is based in the underlying emotional polarity that we call love, the good feeling. Okay? And what this really is, when you get down deep into it and examine it further, you understand that what love really is, is the force that expands consciousness, the force that helps consciousness to move to ever greater vistas, to make it flower, to make it take in a wider view. The opposite polarity, which we identified as fear, is the force which tries to shut down human consciousness. It is the force which is the, the compression force. It isn't the expansionary force. It's the force which basically contracts consciousness inward and tries to stifle it and strangle it and keep people's eyes and minds and hearts closed to opening up and looking at what really is, what is really there, discovering the truth. That's what fear is. Fear can only ever lead to chaos. It can only ever lead to everything we experience as bad, as stifling our evolutionary growth, as evil. What we call evil is rooted in this basic emotional dynamic. When we come into harmony with the emotional polarity called love within ourselves, an internal state develops, and we call that sovereignty or dominion. This is when a person becomes unified with themselves. The three aspects of their consciousness become one. They become as one. So as they think, so they feel, and so they act. And they cannot be, they cannot be pulled apart from that. Their actions are in keeping with how they feel and how they think about anything. This is a person in internal harmony in self-love, in balance with themselves, okay? And this is a balanced brain as well, a person with a balanced neocortex, the higher thought center of the human brain. The left hemisphere and the right hemisphere operate in cohesiveness, in coherence, okay? That is what we refer to as sovereignty 
or dominion within. The rulership of the kingdom of self. When fear strikes the heart of mankind, the exact opposite happens. There is no internal sovereignty. There is no internal dominion. The person experiences states of internal confusion, disruption, and disharmony, disunity. They don't understand what's taking place within them, and therefore they really can't understand what's taking place around them because one is a reflection of the other. So we call this state confusion. It could also be referred to as imbalance. Okay, so, Some would refer to it as self-loathing. You're not in self-harmony or self-love. Okay, You're in a state of internal confusion and internal chaos because what's really taking place inside of you is fear. Once you're in fear, you're in confusion, and you could easily be led and controlled. When the dynamic energy of love is expressed outwardly into the world, a state results in the external world, the screen, so to speak, on which the movie of our lives plays out, okay, the external world. And this state, when, when the internal dynamic energy of love is expressed outwardly and it flowers in the world, this state is called freedom. Freedom, that's what freedom is, okay? And that's why we're so far away from that state in the modern world. That's why it seems to be slipping away from us because most of us are making the free will decision to choose fear over that vibrant, dynamic energy called love, which is the expansion of consciousness. More people than, than not are choosing to look the other way, ignore what's going on or even partake in it for their own comfort, okay? They're, they're choosing fear. They're choosing confusion. They're choosing the dynamic of chaos. See, this is essentially what this is. What the explanation of these forces is, is the understanding of natural law principles. This is how the external reality that we experience is created through choosing one of these forces or the other. In every decision that we make, when we act, our behaviors are governed by the choice that we make regarding one of these two dynamics, love or fear. The end. That's it. You, you want, if you want to say that's preachy, you're trying to tell me how it really works, say whatever you like. Because that's all that's really happening here. That's what we're doing. That's how we create our reality, by choosing one of these two forces. And it's critical to understand this. This is why the events that are playing out in the world seem so chaotic, because we don't understand this as a people. We've been led astray. We've never been taught the dynamics of natural law principles. We don't know how they work. And so people make decisions based in confusion internally. And when that happens, they're governed by the force of fear. And what that leads to in, the, in its external expression is a state known as control. Because a confused person is making their decisions based in fear, and they're choosing control. They're actually leading themselves into control, and they're leading other people into control. And they actually believe in their misguided notions 
in their, in their confused state of consciousness that they can ever, ever, ever create order by choosing the polarity of fear. And this is like saying, I just did a load of laundry, okay? I just, I'm taking a load of laundry out of, out of my washer, and it's sopping wet, okay? The clothes are completely wet, and I want them dried. That's my intention. That's my wish, okay? I want these clothes dry because I want to wear them, and I don't want to wear sopping wet clothes. It's a very simple analogy to comprehend. What do you need to do to dry the clothes? Well, there's two dynamics, wetness and dryness. And the only thing that really separates them is the amount of moisture. See, it's a seeming polarity. It isn't really a polarity because there's only moisture, okay? Or it's lack, which is called dryness. Now, either you remove the moisture through some method, and you, and you allow the clothes to dry, or you keep adding moisture to the clothes. That's it. That they're the only two ways it can go. can't go any other way. Okay? You're either going to add moisture, or you're going to add the polarity of dryness, which is the absence of moisture. Very simple. Now, saying that I'm going to create order by wanting more control in the world, which many people think is the way to create more order. Okay? Cops think this. Police think this. Military people think this. Politicians think this. Judges think this. Even people who write tickets and put them on people's cars in cities throughout the country, they think this. They think if there's no externally imposed control, chaos will emerge. Well, newsflash, folks. You don't understand natural law principles. You just don't. Because that's like saying, I'm going to take those clothes that I want dry, I'm going to take them, put them on the ground, I'm going to go get my garden hose, and I'm going to keep spraying them with the garden hose, and I'll dry them. You just wait and see. You just wait and see. I'll dry those clothes by continuing to hit them with this hose, with the water from this hose. Guaranteed I'm going to do it. Don't you know? You just watch. Well, anybody that has two brain cells to rub together will understand very quickly, very quickly, you can stay there till the death of the universe and you will never dry those clothes that way. It ain't going to happen. The end. Good luck. You're beating your head against the wall to try to prove something to your own ego that is against natural law principles. It doesn't work that way. And there's not, not really any other easier, more gentle way to say it. You're wrong. You need, people need to admit that think this way that they're wrong. They need to make an apology to themselves. They bought a lie because they don't understand how natural law works. And I'm not claiming that this is how natural law works. I'm not saying that I believe 
This is how natural law works. And again, some people will see this as arrogant. Some people will say that, um, you know, I'm e egotistical for saying that I understand this. I'm not claiming this is how natural law works. I'm not telling you that this is my belief. I'm telling people out there that I do understand that this is how natural law works. I'm okay with stating that I know that, because if you know that 2 plus 2 equals 4, you should not be uncomfortable in, in saying and stating that you do know that that is, is how those numbers add together. If you do know that gravity is an effect on a planet, and it operates with a certain amount of force, and if you drop a ball from a specific height, it will act upon that, that piece of mass. That's called the law of gravity. It exists. It operates. It doesn't require your belief. It doesn't care whether you believe in it or not. Your belief is irrelevant. Your, your willingness to accept what the truth is in that instance is irrelevant. If you step off a cliff, you are bound by that law. That's natural law principles. And to understand what we're going to talk about tonight, which is worldview, you need to have a firm grasp in those polarities, love and fear, how they work and what they create. What they create. That's the basis, the fundamentals of natural law principles. We're going to talk about how these are related to worldview. We're going to talk about how they're related to the human brain. So... Let's get into tonight's topic, which we'll uh, unpack over the next uh, almost hour and, and a half. Um, uh, another thing I want to mention before I even uh, start to get into the topic tonight, which is worldview and the worldview schism, the schism of worldview. That's the, the topic for this evening. I want to uh, let everybody know that in-house, uh, I do have a guest who is a personal friend of mine. His name is Daryl Rollins. And he is going to uh, share some of his views on uh, the schism of worldview a, a little bit later on the show tonight. And he is going to uh, tell his story about how he became involved in the freedom movement and how he got involved um, you know, in the Philadelphia area as a prominent activist. So he'll be coming up uh, probably in, uh, in a little while on the show. But he's in-house tonight, and we'll be getting to him mo most likely in the second hour of, of the, uh, the broadcast tonight. So... Today, what I want to really unpack is the concept of worldview and worldview schism, okay? Now, there are basically two extremely imbalanced competing worldviews in the world. It's like love and fear, okay? Except both of these are based in fear. Both of these are... Worldviews that lead to disorder, disharmony, control, chaos, everything we view and, and think of as evil. Everything that brings anything bad to our lives, that makes us uncomfortable, that makes us suffer. These are the two fundamental underlying worldviews. Neither one of them are based in reality. They're both based in the illusion of the emotional polarity that we call fear. 
Okay, This is an illusionary state. It really doesn't exist. It's the absence of that which is real. It's the absence of that which is true, which is the love dynamic. That's what the universe is. That's all there really is. This fear dynamic exists only because we choose illusion and we choose to ignore that which is. That's it. It's the only reason fear has come to the expression that it has come to on our world. Now, these worldviews, one of them is based in an extreme left-brained schism. A person who holds an extremity of left-brain attitudes, beliefs, and lives their life in this left-brain prison modality. They, don't have, they have hardly any connection to the right side of the brain. So we talked about the physiology of the brain. The left side is the so-called male side of the brain. Its functions govern logic, scientific thought, mathematical thought, language, okay, analytical thought, the ability to break down concepts. That's what the left brain is. The right brain, the right brain hemisphere, its functions govern intuition, holistic thought, seeing things in states of unity consciousness, a feminine nurturing instinct connection with higher levels of spiritual awareness and the love principle. Okay? These are right brain modalities. It also governs creativity, creative expression, music, art, dance, etc. These are right brain modalities. A person in left brain consciousness only can become very brilliant. Many scientists are extreme left-brain thinkers. And many of them, doctors, lawyers, mathematicians, etc., they're very left-brain. And many of them, not all, but in general, do not have a very developed right-brain modality. Some do, but the majority by far are very developed in the left-brain, and the right-brain suffers as a result of not really having a lot of usage and these these functions become dampened in the right brain when somebody lives in this five sensory um, worldview okay now we're, I'm going to discuss this worldview and there's a name for it okay the name for this extremely left brain imbalance worldview is known as the worldview of randomness randomness Okay? Like the state of being random. R-A-N-D-O-M. Randomness. Okay? These are the characteristics of this imbalanced left-brained worldview. Now, when you hear these, okay, you're going to think, well, these are really seemingly right-brained concepts or notions, but they're not. They're a result of holding a very left-brain worldview for most of one's life. 
See, what the brain is doing is it's reaching out and trying to bring balance to an extreme state of imbalance. And by holding and living in a left brain modality of consciousness through, through most of one's life, what somebody internally, spiritually, subconsciously is, is seeking, is desiring, is the absence of control, the absence of trying to order, desperately to order something and make sense of something, because that's all they do with the left brain, over and over and over and over, repetitively, throughout the tasks of their daily life and existence. So this worldview, the schism, okay, of the worldviews that we're talking about, there's a left brain one, there's a right brain one. The left brain imbalanced worldview is called the theory or the worldview of randomness. And here are the characteristics of this worldview. Somebody who accepts the worldview of total randomness thinks, in general, that the universe is a cosmic accident. The universe is a cosmic accident. Okay? There is no underlying purpose for the existence of anything. There is no underlying intelligence that governs the workings of nature. There is no underlying intelligence in nature. It's all accidental, random principles. That's it. A person who subscribes to the worldview of randomness believes that there is no such thing as natural law principles. Everything that I talked about in previous weeks, everything that I, I, I talked about leading up to the discussion of worldview about how the polarities of love and fear work to create what we experience, they believe that does not exist to them. Everything is purely random chance happenings. We're not really directing what we create through what we choose. Because there is no such thing as natural law to a person subscribing to the underlying philosophy of randomness, essentially existence is purposeless. There is no purpose for existence at all. There's no reason for you to be here. You came from nothing. You're returning to nothing. It is a, an existentialist worldview, and it is also a solipsistic worldview. This worldview is based in solipsism. It is also based in atheism. And every one of these dynamics that I explained that this world, worldview is about are the hallmarks of atheism, solipsism, and scientism. Those who worship at the altar of science and think science is the be-all and end-all of the explanation of all things that are manifest essentially hold this worldview. And most left-brain scientists think about it. They believe in the notion of a, a totally random worldview that the universe is a cosmic accident. It sprang forth from an infinitesimally small singularity for no reason in a single moment and has no purpose. Now, if you believe that, I have some land 
out in the swamps of West Virginia and in and New Orleans, and, and I have a bridge over Brooklyn that I'd like to sell you for a really great price. <laughs> because you would believe anything if you believe that notion. If, if somebody can say, just give me this one, and then I'll explain everything after that. Just give me that one. What wouldn't you believe? And this is the underlying ideology in cosmology. The so-called Big Bang Theory. The universe springs from an infinitesimal singularity for no reason. Okay? And just accept that, and then I'll explain everything that happened after that. That's, that's what modern cosmology, at least the, the, the dominant form of modern cosmology, would sell us. Well, this is an extremely left-brained, imbalanced worldview. And again, it's based in, and, and its hallmarks are the idea that there is no underlying intelligence in nature. Nature has no plan. It is not governed by any natural law. There is no intelligence that orders it. Okay? And it, this leads to and is an outgrowth of the ideology of atheism. They feed back on themselves. This worldview and atheism are intricately interwoven. 99.9% .9 of the time, they lead to a, a, a dual left-brain imbalance called solipsism. Okay, with one, one form of this left-brain imbalance is solipsism. Nothing can be known. The other form of this left brain imbalance is scientism. We can explain it all. Okay? There is nothing outside of five sensory reality that we cannot explain because that's all that exists. Five sensory reality, we'll study what we, we can perceive with the five senses and what, that which we can extend with our instruments that we call technology that are extensions of, of those five senses, and we could explain it all. And it's all random, it's all accidental, it, the universe is a huge, dead machine. A huge, dead machine. That, that's what the ideology of randomness would have people believe. And I'll, I'll tell you something. There are many people in the freedom movement that ascribe to this worldview. I've been at meetings, and this is what people, even in the freedom movement... Even in, they say, yeah, I understand the encroachments on my freedom. I understand that we're, you know, under attack with our personal and civil liberties. I get all of that. And I still think there's no such thing as anything, any underlying intelligence in nature. The universe is a dead machine. We are nothing but dead biological computers, essentially, at, a, at, a bio, at a, uh, an atomic molecular level. And that's it. Now, again... This is extreme left-brain imbalance. And people buy this notion because of the old form of science, this Newtonian science. And it's a twisted form of Newtonian science because not even Isaac Newton thought like that. Okay? But it's a twisted form of this Newtonian scientific worldview that is so out of date that is not even really at the cutting edge of modern science anymore. But this is what people have bought because that's what's been in their textbooks in the Soviet educational system that, that we're all indoctrinated into, essentially. Okay? 
That's where they bought this left-brain notion. It's reinforced through the media. It's reinforced through what I call old science. It isn't cutting-edge science. This is an old and henceforth, in the modern age, a disproven form of science. Scientists at the cutting edge of scientific thought today have actually disproven this notion with repeated scientific observation and, and testing in con under controlled conditions. You don't even need to believe that it isn't that way. It can be proven scientifically in today's age that it isn't that way. And scientists at the cutting edge of cosmology who, who are worth their salt I should say, they have a new way of looking at the workings of natural law and the workings of cosmology that incorporates consciousness and incorporates underlying intelligent ordering principles. Not many people hear about these because they're very suppressed by the mainstream media and they're very suppressed even by the scientific community that wants to hold on to the old paradigm, the old way of looking at nature. What has been called old science and it's a good name for it because it's an aging dinosaur and it needs to be done away with because it doesn't really serve who we are now let's switch gears and look at well let, let's let's stay on this for a, another few minutes because let's look at what this left brain worldview really leads to okay so it's rooted in atheism solipsism and scientism is what grows out of it Okay? Either the notion that perception is reality or the notion that everything can be explained through the five senses or the extensions of them. So those are the, the outgrowths of it. What you get from either one of those ideologies, since there is essentially no truth, or man gets to determine that which is true based on what he can perceive, you get an ideology that inevitably grows out of this way of seeing the world, this poisonous left-brained imbalance worldview called randomness. And this is called, this underlying ideology that grows out of this state of mind, this left-brain way of thinking is called moral relativism. Now you'll notice all of these things are essentially based in randomness or that there is no such thing as this. There is no such thing as that. There is no objective or concrete this or that. So moral relativism is there's no concrete morals. There is no such thing as right or wrong. Okay? This is this extreme left brain notion, right, wanting justification for this extremely controlled way of thinking and an outlet for it. And it wants to say, I want to be able to have total freedom to do what I want based on my perceptions, my comfort levels, my way of seeing the world. And that's called moral relativism. That there is no such thing, essentially, in people's mind who think like this as right or wrong. Those who are really imbalanced toward this worldview. There's no such thing as morals, objectively. There's no such thing as objective moral principles to someone that holds this worldview. What does that mean? Well, since there's no such thing as God, there's no such thing as truth, it's only my perceptions that govern what's really taking place around me. 
and there's really no such thing as right or wrong, I, I can basically do whatever I want at the expense of anybody else. And that ideology is called social Darwinism. Social Darwinism. Look it up and read about it if you don't already understand it. And that's the ideology that's basically running this world. The ideology of the so-called elites of this world, I, I won't call them the elite anymore because they're not my elites, but, you know, who p people refer to as the elites, you know, those who are really running the show in, in, the, in the hidden corridors of power, this is their ideology, social Darwinism, the survival of the socially fittest. And they believe that the socially fittest is governed by genetics. When you talk with them and read their papers, or perhaps belong to some of the organizations that they control or deal with or work through, okay? Social Darwinism is one of their un underlying ideologies. And from there, since, you know, your genes govern, you know, your genes basically govern um, your status in society, that's what a social Darwinist believes, then you could start playing the game of playing God. And that's called eugenics. And if you don't understand what eugenics is, you should really look it up and study it and understand it. Because this is also the ideology of the so-called elites. That they have the right to decide who will live and who will die. Eugenics is many things. It's tampering. It's genetic manipulation. It's selective breeding. It's controlling who is allowed to breed. But at its core, all you really need to understand about it is it's one thing. It's playing God. It's deciding who is allowed to live and who is allowed to die and who will die. That's it. That's what eugenics is. And this is the, the outgrowth of this extremely poisonous left-brained worldview that is based in identification with matter, identification with the five senses, and basically taking the ideology that there is no purpose for existence and natural law does not exist. This is the overarching worldview known as randomness. The randomness worldview. So, I think we covered that pretty well. And if there's anybody that wants to call in and discuss this, the call-in number is 347-884-9417. 347-884-9417. So I think uh, I will leave it uh, there for this hour. Uh, we covered the left-brain imbalanced worldview known as randomness. On the next hour, I'm going to get into the right-brain imbalanced worldview, and then I'm going to talk to our in-house guest, Dow Rollins. So, um, let's see. I'll give the websites one more time. Okay, my website is whatonearthishappening.com. You can listen to the show every Tuesday night live from my site at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Revolution Broadcasting, their website, revolutionbroadcasting.com. 
picks up the show. The first hour they pick up live, 8 to 9 on Tuesday evening. Then they replay the second hour. They replay that um, uh, as a podcast on delay. They play that on Thursday evenings from 8 to 9. So if you're listening live on my site, you can catch the entire show live at whatonearthishappening.com. So I'll see you, um, for those listening live, I'll see you uh, in a moment. And uh, for those listening on Revolution Broadcasting, tune in Thursday at 8 p.m. I'm What on Earth is Happening. I'm Mark Passio. This has been What on Earth is Happening. We'll see you at at the top of the next hour. Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm Mark Passio. This is hour number two. So I'm going to jump right into the announcements because we have an in-house guest this hour. Um, End the Fed. The End the Fed rally in Philadelphia is coming up. It is this Saturday, April 24th, 2010, at City Hall in Philadelphia. these, These rallies and marches are going on all over the country this weekend. In Philadelphia, that's my hometown, this is happening this Saturday, April 24th at City Hall, 1500 Market Street, the west side they're meeting at. If you still don't understand how intricately related the Federal Reserve System is to the destruction of our natural freedoms, then you have not really learned a thing. Or you've chosen to deliberately ignore it out of apathy, laziness, cowardice, or all three. Words are not enough. If you value your freedom and the freedom of future generations of humanity, take action and stand with us in courage at this event. Become involved with the End the Fed cause today. The group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is hosting this event. They're calling it FedStock. End the Fed 2010, April 24th. This is the official End the Fed March and Rally for Philadelphia. 
The Federal Reserve System is the essential tool for big government that does not stay within its constitutional limits, leading to the impoverishment of we the people and the destruction of our liberty. In the heart of the city where a people broke free of a royal house, this is the nation's premier and the Fed event. Come down and have a blast with us, rocking out for our freedom on Independence Mall in Philadelphia. Show the nation with your presence that you want to end this lousy central banking cartel that has been sucking money out of America like a vacuum cleaner since 1913. This is the End the Fed March Rally in Concert at Philadelphia City Hall, the west side. The gathering begins at 10 a.m. The cost is free if you want you're under no obligation, but if you want to, you can make a donation of only $5 to help pay for the cost of the organization of the event. Here's the schedule. 10 a.m., gathering at the west side of City Hall. Uh, there's going to be a rally there with some speakers. They'll have, a, uh, they'll have a, um, some, some bullhorning going on. We'll pass out information to the general public. At, 12, uh, at 11.22 a.m., there'll be a march down to the Federal Reserve Bank. There'll be some speakers outside there. And then at 12.30, there'll be an outdoor rally in Independence Mall National Park. If, uh, it's inclement weather. This is going on rain or shine, by the way. If there's inclement weather, uh, the outdoor uh, rally and, um, and uh, concert will be at the Independence Visitor Center. So the speakers are Michael Badnarik. He's a constitutionalist and a, a, a big fighter for, for uh, human freedom. His Website is constitutionpreservation.org. G.G. Bowman will also be speaking. The website is liberty-candidates.org. There's going to be some great freedom-oriented musical acts, and they're going to be playing in Independence Mall Park. Jordan Page, Amy Allen, The Almighty Terribles, Amp Killa, and Heist Click. If you want to sponsor the event or possibly host a table at the event, contact Michael Salvi at Philly C4L. That's Philly C4L. C, the number 4L. I believe that's short for uh, Campaign for Liberty. So Philly C4L at gmail.com. Michael Salvi. Contact him if you want to sponsor the event or host a table at the event. The websites are endthefed.us, phillyendthefed.com, and truthfreedomprosperity.org. Quickly, the second event I want to plug here that's coming up in the Philadelphia area is the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations. This is a three-day conference on Nikola Tesla and his technologies that he wanted to bring forth to give humanity clean, free, endlessly abundant electrical energy systems for the entire planet. This plan was stifled by, well, let's just say it, it was stifled by those who began the Federal Reserve System. Big surprise. It was stifled by the big financial and banking interests of Tesla's day. He was an inventor who lived at the turn of the century, and is probably one of the most brilliant minds humanity has ever seen. This is going to be a three-day concert, July 9th, 10th, and 11th in Philadelphia. July 9th, there's going to be a dinner reception, a concert, and a Tesla birthday bash. 
Uh, the, the Tesla Bash is free to the public. It's going to be at 6th and Market at Independence Visitor Center Lawn. Uh, July 10th is kind of like a three-ring circus it's kind of being built, built as. There's some, uh, a, a level of involvement for all levels of activity, of all levels of interest, okay? There's activities for all levels of interest of the public. If you're somebody who doesn't really know much about Tesla, you just want to get some information, hear what this is about, you can come out to the Independence Visitor Center July 10th at 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's going to be exhibits. There's going to be some uh, maybe free energy systems on display, Tesla coils. Uh, there's going to be information passed out, some music or, or DJs or, uh, you know, and such. Uh, that'll be July 10th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Independence Visitor Center. Now, if you're already a Tesla enthusiast and you know some, uh, some information about who he was and what he tried to do, uh, there's going to be free presentations and lectures at the Free Library of Philadelphia, Main Branch. That's at 1901 Vine Street. I will be emceeing this event. I will be introducing all the speakers. I'm actually involved with the uh, Tesla Science Foundation myself. So I will be um, hosting the free library portion of the event that is going to be happening July 10th at 10 a.m. And that will be going until 5 also. If you're a scientist or an inventor and you want to get involved with the Tesla Science Foundation and you want to get involved with actually creating some of these technologies and learning more about it and, uh, and getting involved with other inventors that are driven to do this for the right moral reasons because it needs to be done. The control of energy is the control of people. We need to break free of the controlled and limited energy paradigm that we're a slave to and uh, get on to clean, free, renewable sources of energy. Harnessing the wheel work of nature. That's what Tesla called it. So we need people in the scientific community and in the inventor community to come out to this. There's going to be scientific presentations and lectures July 10th and 11th, two days, the scientific part of the conference, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and this will be going on at 2 Liberty Place on the 32nd floor. This is at 1601 Chestnut Street in Philadelphia. For more details, see the website teslasciencefoundation.org, teslasciencefoundation.org, a bunch of great people. Uh, I'm honored to work with them. Come out to the conference in Philadelphia this July. So those are the announcements. The last hour we were talking about worldview. I'm going to jump right back into this and I'm going to go, we talked about the left brain imbalanced worldview known as randomness. So I'm going to discuss the right brain imbalanced worldview and then we're going to talk a little bit to Dal Rollins. The right brain partner of the extreme left brain imbalance worldview known as randomness. The name for this right brain worldview schism is called determinism. Now think about it. Just from the words alone, you would think, well, total determinism would be considered left brain, but it is not. This is the right brain version. You would think randomness, that's looseness and no cohesiveness, that's a, a right brain modality, right? Not structuring something, but it is not. That is the left brain worldview. This is because these worldviews are derived and held because the person is in such a state of imbalance toward one brain hemisphere or another 
that this is what their underlying ideologies, their underlying philosophical makeup, they want to make up for this deep imbalance in the brain by holding the exact other principles. So the right, the left brain imbalance worldviews seemingly all ascribe to ideologies that are, that are right brain, like existence is purposeless. There's no underlying thing, there's no such thing as underlying natural law that governs the workings of our reality. You would think that those are right brain, and essentially they are, but they are resultant of the left brain being dominant most of one's life. What I think I'm going to do over the next week is post some slides from lectures that I have given in the past with some uh, layouts of, of these um, worldviews and, and of the concepts that I've been discussing on the show. Maybe I'll even go back to former podcasts and just post some individual slides that you can refer to that deal with the topics that I talked about on that podcast. I think a visual aid and uh, uh, showing you kind of what I'm going by uh, as a general outline of what I talk about on this program will help you to um, really uh, grasp more deeply some of, uh, some of these concepts. I know just hearing it in words sometimes can be difficult. You really have to sit down, pay attention, and visualize what I'm talking about. But if you have a visual image, um, it can help a lot to really um, uh, solidify in somebody's mind how this really works out and what it really is all about. So I think I'll start doing that this week. But um, this right-brained imbalanced worldview principle, okay, the schism of worldview, is known as determinism. And here are the underlying core philosophical beliefs that go along with determinism. A determinist thinks that God whatever they may view that as, controls every event in creation. There is nothing that happens that is not preordained. All occurrences are preordained by the creator. The creation is essentially a clockwork machine that does the bidding of this all-powerful creator. As such... There is no such thing as free will to a determinist, imbalanced worldview believer. Okay? No such thing as free will. Free will does not essentially exist. People are making all the decisions that they're making because God has ordained it. Okay? God controls every event in creation. Because free will does not exist, see, this is the exact opposite of the randomness theory. People who ascribe to randomness think natural law doesn't exist. There's nothing that governs, no underlying governance of the workings of the principles of, of creation, the principles of the universe. No such thing as natural law to a, a person who believes in randomness. To a person who is a determinist, it's the exact opposite. There's no such thing as, natural, as free will. Natural law governs everything in creation. God's law governs it all. There is no choice. There is no free will. Humans don't have a will of their own. God's making it all happen like a big, huge clock that he controls. Okay? Total control. Okay? 
a, a modicum of control is what somebody in the right brain worldview doesn't have. They're governed by their emotions. They're ruled by their emotions. This is a total emotional brain thinker. All right brain, no left brain. It's all about supplication. It's all about bowing down to higher authority. See, the randomness worldview creates people who think they're God. They're masters. They subscribe to social Darwinism, moral relativism, eugenics, totalitarianism, when this worldview reaches its apex of imbalance. A determinist doesn't believe free will exists. So there is no such thing as changing anything. You can never take the reins of reality and change them in any direction. God's doing it all. Don't bother trying to change a damn thing because change is impossible. All of your actions are essentially meaningless because you can't change a thing. Why do anything? Why wake up and eat in the morning? You know, why speak a word to any other living being? A deterministic mindset that says all events are preordained, things are coming whether we want them to or not, don't bother trying to change a thing because nobody really has free will. God's making it all happen and you're just a puppet going along with his will. Okay? Change is impossible. Action is meaningless. That's what a determinist thinks. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people who think like that. You go down to your local church or you, or, or you go down to your local whatever religious organization it may be. You'll find a lot of deterministic worldview people. Guaranteed. Okay? This is the, the hallmarks that this ideology, this worldview, a schism toward the right brain, the hallmark of this is religious fundamentalism and religious extremism. So you'll notice I'm talking about one worldview that's totally left brain and totally atheistic. No such thing as morals, no such thing as natural law. And the other worldview that is totally deterministic is all about religious extremism. And you know what I'll say about both of these worldviews? Both of them are complete bunk. Total bunk. Not one of them holds one shred of information that is worthwhile, that leads to our personal evolution, that leads to a higher level in the journey toward higher consciousness. None of it is based in unity consciousness. None of it is based in the dynamic of love, of expansion of consciousness. Every one of these ideologies, every one of the, the core beliefs that go along with them are all based in fear. And as such, they can never lead to anything good. They can never lead to anything uplifting. They can never lead to anything unifying. They can never lead to order. They can never lead to harmony. They can never lead to peace. And most of all, they can never lead to freedom. Ever. It can't happen. You're trying to build something that you say you want. Okay? Somebody who believes both of these principles will say they want peace. They'll say, they'll pay lip service to I want freedom in the real world. Okay? They'll tell you that. But then they'll tell you, this is my underlying ideology. And, and, and I'll try to say to them, you can never create that or have that 
condition that you say you want. You say that's your desire to have this or that, and now you say, this is the mindset that I'm going to use to try to build that state of experience. It can't happen, ever, ever. It never will happen as long as you're thinking like that in one of those belief systems. These are belief systems. None of them are based in the fundamental principles of truth and natural law. Because I'm going to tell you, essentially, you ever hear the adage, there's my side of the story, there's your side of the story, and then there's the truth. Well, the truth is never in one of these two extreme ideologies that are based in fear, randomness or determinism. The truth never lies in a left-brained schism or a right-brained schism. The truth isn't schism. It's unity. It's in the middle. The truth is the middle pillar. It doesn't lean all the way to the left or all the way to the right. It's balance. It's harmony. It is peace. It is that which is. Okay, And that which is, is actually a combination of two of the underlying principles within these worldview schisms that each one rejects wholeheartedly. Okay, The randomness adherence, right? the people who, are, who subscribe to the notion of randomness think that natural law does not exist. There is actually no underlying intelligence that governs the way what we choose, okay, the emotional polarities that we choose and how we base our behaviors creates reality. They don't believe those principles exist. There is no such thing as natural law. They don't believe in the law of karma, the law of attraction, the law of cause and effect, right? The golden law, okay? That's it. They don't believe in that, the golden rule, that, w that basically the universe behaves like a mirror and reflects back to you that which you bring to the table through your consciousness, through your thoughts, through your emotions, through your actions. That doesn't exist to a person that subscribes to randomness. But a person who subscribes to determinism doesn't think the opposite dynamic exists. Free will doesn't exist. Everything is controlled. You're to lay down. Religion teaches this. Almost every religion teaches this. It's the ideology of unworthiness, of self-loathing, of an order follower. You have to supplant yourself, make yourself supplicant to a higher authority. A higher authority. Well, I would suggest in human form, there is no such thing. But they, a deterministic believer thinks God controls every single event of our lives and we don't have free will to change anything and make a decision that then creates what we will experience. And I'm here to tell you that the truth is that what really is occurring in the world is a combination of these two rejected principles of both of these totally imbalanced ideologies. And what the universe essentially is, is a mirror that works on two basic principles coming together to form a synthesis. They're seeming opposites, and when they come together, they form a synthesis in which we, operating within natural law boundaries, get to determine 
what our experience will be based on our choice between the dynamics of love and fear. That's it. So there is a natural law principle, which is the deterministic component of our reality. And then there is a free will principle, which is the random component of our reality. Think about it. Digest it. Take it in. Spin it around in there a few times and really, really go deeply into what I just said. There is a natural law or a deterministic component to the principles that underlie creation. Okay? This means there are laws in operation that are put there by an underlying intelligence. There is also a free will principle. And this principle is random because no one can actually, at the deepest level, coerce anybody into doing anything that they don't really want to do. To believe in anything, to, to know anything, to do anything. You have free will. You're using it or you're letting someone else use it. But it's there. It's either in, under your control or it's usurped by someone else in which case you've given up your power. But in all those cases, this place is still governed by natural law principles. If we use our free will to come into harmony with those principles, we will have peace and order and freedom. If we choose the fear dynamic and we choose not to align ourselves with the natural law principles that are actually put there for our betterment, our edification and our betterment, if we do not use our free will toward those aims, then we will experience disorder, disorder, chaos, suffering, and slavery. The end. That is how it actually works. I'm, again, I'm not claiming that this is how it works. I'm claiming to understand through my own process of discovery to have discovered that this is how this law works. It's no different than Newton claiming to have discovered how gravity functions and be able to write down the equations, except there's, there aren't equations that govern this. This is, this is discovered through an elevation in, in consciousness. That's it. That's how it works. So I'm not claiming to, uh, that I believe this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you you have to believe it either. You don't have to believe anything. You're not required to believe a thing. Natural law exists and is in operation, and you are bound by it. Free will exists and is in operation, and you are bound by the free will decisions of others. The point is to bring our free will, which is a gift, into harmony with natural law, which is put there for our betterment in this construct that we call the universe. When we do that, there will be order, peace, harmony, enlightenment, and human freedom. We refuse to do that. You're going around on the wheel of suffering for all eternity till you decide to do it. That's all I'm going to say about that for tonight. Uh, I'm going to go to our in-house guest, Mr. Daryl Rollins. Daryl is a big activist in the Philly area. He's a personal friend of mine, and um, uh, he's a 9-11 truth activist which is a big part of what we'll discuss on this show in future uh, episodes. He's an independent researcher. He's from Philadelphia. 
and uh, he's here with us today. Daryl, welcome. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, well, uh, you were talking about end the Fed, and uh, you know I'm going to be there on uh, on this Saturday, and uh, you know how you're saying how people were freeing themselves from the clutches of a royal house, right? You know. Uh, Philadelphia's gone from a city where people are freeing themselves in the clutches of a royal house to a pathetic collection of royal house slaves. So uh, I, I wish I could disagree with you, Daryl. And you know, uh, people who know me know that I've uh, basically um, used that term to describe what people who are really under deep mind control behave like. And it's a sad thing, but if I, I wish I could disagree with you, but I can't. That's it's it's basically a true statement. And, um, you know, we, we need to try to change the dynamic by outreach, by getting out, beating the streets, putting information into people's hands and saying, you do need to look at this stuff. You do need to understand it. It affects you. It affects your life. It affects the world that you live in, and it affects the world that your children are going to have to live in. So what, what I'd like to do is why don't you tell the listening audience about like maybe your personal journey toward uh, awakening and uh, coming online to understand how things are you know really working in the world. Tell them how you uh, you woke up and what your journey was. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, when 9/11 happened, I immediately had a feeling that I was being lied to. I didn't know I didn't know what, but something just smelled false about the whole thing, and I knew I wasn't getting the whole story, the whole picture. You know, that was the key. It was just other information we weren't getting, you know. So I started digging. I started doing research on the Internet, you know. And I stopped merely absorbing what was being reported on the news, and I started analyzing it. I found that even the so-called left websites uh, under, you know, like, like Daily Cause and the alternate, for example, weren't being completely honest. I knew there was no political answer to any of this. The crooks controlling both major parties. And I found that the left-right paradigm was completely false through and through. And I began to understand that there's no left, no right, no such thing as liberal or conservative, and no difference between Democrats and Republicans. It was all being run by the same... You know, powers, the, the money powers, I began to realize. Let me, uh, let, me, let me stop you there and talk about that a little bit. This is something that you still see a lot of in a lot of the, um, the, the, the political quarters of even people who come out to certain events and are concerned with the erosion of different uh, civil liberties. However, they're still of the opinion that voting is the answer, that, no. that um, you know, uh, petitioning is the answer, that, that um, basically um, getting involved with a big political party is, is going to change things. And again, this is that left versus right paradigm, the conservative versus liberal. Okay? And a lot of people in these movements don't really grasp that this is just a version of what is called the Hegelian dialectic. This is dialectical mechanics. It's been described in different ways by many people. Some people have described it as um, uh, chaos magic. Chaos magic is giving somebody an illusory choice that isn't a real choice. They just think it's a real choice. I, I kind of described this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, your, your child doesn't want to eat his vegetables. So you make him think he has a choice. You say, hey, John, do uh, you want peas or corn tonight? you want carrots or mashed potatoes? And the kid thinks, wow, I get to decide what I'm going to eat, huh? 
when in fact you have these things already prepared and laid out or already, you know, getting ready to prepare them, and you just want them to pick one so you could throw one in, you know, in the oven and make it, and, and that's it. And he, he eats it because he thinks he picked it himself, when in fact he didn't really have a choice. He was going to pick one or the other. He was going to eat his vegetables. The outcome was already predetermined. The outcome was predetermined because there was an event already planned beforehand. There was a, a goal planned beforehand. See? Him eating his vegetables. A certain politician from one party or the other getting into office. An invasion of a sovereign country. Then an event takes place that brings up confusion within and somebody is basically pressured into making a false choice that can't really can't really be what they had in mind originally, but it's what you had in mind originally. This is called dialectical mechanics, the presentation of a false choice. You, you extend both hands to somebody that you want to hit, and you say, pick a hand. And they pick the left one, and they get slapped. If they pick the right one, they were going to get slapped just the same. So 9-11 so was actually an example of a dialectical mechanics event. And Absolutely. The, you know, you, you have... Uh as a, uh, a problem, terrorism, so that people cry out for, you know, and, and react to it, you know, and so then the, the New World Order proposes a solution which was pre-planned all along, and so now we've lost all our liberties. So 9-11 is the event that really woke you up. Absolutely. I, un I, I began to find that some of the more interesting stories that had damning information contradicting the government's official story of 9-11 was disappearing off the net, so I began to print everything that looked interesting on a daily basis. You have a uh, you have a massive print archive of information. You should see the stacks of paper at my house I've been collecting since 2002 on 9/11 and other false flags like Oklahoma City and 7/7 and um, uh, the, even the, the recent underwear bomber. I mean, how in the world are you going to go along with body scanners because a guy had a uh, a firecracker, a dud in his pants. This is the this is the, the sort of impetus for this sort of control. Oh, and meanwhile, we find that you know, hey, we got uh, big corporations behind the big uh, you know push for body scanning. They want to take you and strip you down and treat you like a slave. Let, they, we tell them how to treat them. Let's let's look at this how to treat this them. as an example. You you have to you want to get to a point where you have total compliance with people based on their fear. If they're not in fear and, and they don't view it as something that they need to be afraid of, as something that's capable of harming them, they're not going to give you more control over their daily lives and daily existence. They would say, hey, what, what do you need to do this for? What do you need to scan me for? What do you need to print me for? What do you need to search me for? They're not going to go along with that unless you can make them think that they need to go along with it for their own safety. So that's, that's how dialectical mechanics works. And um, you know, uh, you're a big fan of print information. I, I'd like to say I think that that's a good thing to do because if anything should happen to, for, for example, the Internet. Like Jay Rockefeller planning to take down the Internet eventually. You know. it's, it's a good idea to have hard... Uh, backups of information and not trust that they will just always be out there on the cloud. I tell people that all the time. Back up your data, back up your information, have good backups, 
uh, even print backups for uh, text articles is a great idea. I know Daryl's... Remember, folks, a sheet of 811 paper uh, is not going to suddenly change to 404 not found, okay? Right. It's going to preserve whatever you printed there. So remember, you know, like that, you know. So, uh, so here, how I started waking up, I started collecting information. I started sorting all these papers into categories, like police state, foreknowledge of 9-11, massive foreknowledge of 9-11, Israeli spies, Pentagon anomalies, World Trade Center implosion evidence, Big Brother control grid, Zionism, Oklahoma City to compare it to, CIA drug running, this is also going on, Illuminati bloodlines, you know, you find out really, you know, the... These, these uh, people are in charge of all the mainstream media you watch. Uh, the heads of all these companies are all, you know, uh, working together. Daryl, so. you just brought up a, a plethora of topics there, and eventually we'll be going into just about every one of those on Oh, this on is this just program. scraping the surface. Sure. Just scraping the surface. What, again, folks, what we're doing here uh, on the earlier podcasts is we're building a tapestry. We are laying foundational groundwork okay for topics that we're going to build upon later that require this prerequisite knowledge because if we don't have prerequisite knowledge about how the human mind works how the human psyche works how our physiology works we're not going to be in a place of intellectual and emotional maturity to understand the events that are actually playing out in the world. It's critical to understand who we are and how we work because I'll tell you something. The people who are really controlling the dynamics of the world right now, they know how these things work. They know how the human mind works. They know how the human psyche works. They know how our behaviors are motivated. But the difference between them and us is that they think that uh, people that uh, haven't used their minds to think independently are just, you know, willing slaves, and uh, we, they, they feel that they should take advantage of us right. if we do not think for ourselves. Instead of helping us to achieve consciousness, they want to further drive us away and use us as slaves. Right. And, and this goes down to the dynamic of when you learn or acquire something that you recognize is somewhat unique and that not a lot of other people have access to. When that happens in your life, most people will make one of two decisions. They will, they will realize that they have an incredible find on their hands. They will realize they have something unique. They will realize they have something that is capable of being turned into something of great value or power. Okay. And they'll do one of two things. The first one is they will say, wow, look at what I know. Look at what I've discovered. Look at what I have, right? I can hold this over other people's heads as a great advantage over them, okay? And I can use this to control them. I can use this to manipulate them. Just Google Albert Pike. He did all this. I can use this to build myself up and to tear them down simultaneously so that they'll always, always want what I can bring to the table and they'll always put me in a position of power over them. 
And as such, I can make them do whatever I want for me so that my life is easier at their expense. And this is the underlying ideology of what in later weeks I, I will be getting into and talking about as a sorcerer. What that basic worldview is, is what I term and many other researchers term sorcery. Sorcery, yes, like a sorcerer in a movie, in a Hollywood movie, but it's not quite the same thing as that, okay? So that is, that is um, what one choice of a person who comes into higher level knowledge uh, chooses. The next thing that they choose is, well, the other choice is somebody who comes into this same higher level knowledge says, wow, look at what I know. Look at what I understand. Look at what I can do, right? And they say to themselves, not everybody understands this, you know. There's so few people that have access to this and benefit from what I've learned and what I'm benefiting from. And this, this other choice, this different choice, is a person with that kind of knowledge will say to themselves, look at what I have that can help others. I can show this information and this knowledge to other people and I can help bring them up in consciousness so that they're at my level or even beyond. See, it's, it's about a, uni a unity, a unified way of seeing someone in relation to other people in the world. That you're seeing yourself in a unified way with others. It, it isn't that you want to have an advantage over other people and use information to manipulate and control others. You want your desire upon realizing that there's an imbalance between your level of awareness and others' level of awareness is to bring balance to that equation, is bring balance to that dynamic and say, I want to get other people up to the level where I'm at. I want to give them the same knowledge so we're on equal footing so that there isn't an imbalance in the game board so that there's a leveling of the game board. And that's the difference between a sorcerer who does the former of, of manipulating people with that information that they understand and a true alchemist or a, a true wizard that really understands this information and wants to bring it to the attention of others because they know that knowledge does not belong to them. Knowledge belongs to the people of the world. So, Daryl, in, in keeping with that, yes. you wanted to kind of get into maybe an article that, that you wrote. And, uh, we'll, yes. Okay, go, I go made right this, uh, I, made a post, I wrote this back in uh, 2007. I post on PA Hardcore or StereoKiller.com, and I, <clears throat> I made this article because I was trying, I was expressing my frustration because I'm, I'm out there trying to show people, uh, you know, what I've learned, like you're saying, and uh, I ask people questions, questions that would make them think, you know, hey, have you ever heard of Monsanto? Hey, have you heard of diet soda, you know, containing aspartame, a neurotoxin, you know, vaccines and mercury and, uh, and the rise in autism, you know, there's a link there, and I'd tell them about it, and people would say, no, 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 we really don't care, we, wanna, we don't want to know, how does this affect me? And I would argue with these people. And so, uh, because I would really, I was so frustrated that they didn't want to get it. And I, I've really, I've discerned the actual crux of their argument. This is their argument. You know, how, you know, uh, you talk about the schism of the worldview. This is their worldview. Okay, let, let, let me say something before you start getting into the article. Yes. 
the, the reason that they're stuck in this state of dissonance, the reason that they're stuck in this refusal to, it's dissociation, that's exactly what it is. The, the, the state of acute mental decompensation in which certain thoughts, emotions, sensations, and or memories are compartmentalized because they're too overwhelming for the conscious mind to integrate. I, I totally agree with that. That is what dissociation is, and it's a serious psychological condition of imbalance. And I'd just like to say, to keep this in, in uh, alignment with the topic tonight, worldview, is that this state of mental dissociation that you're about to read an article on has to do with the attachment to a fundamentally imbalanced worldview. That's, that's what we need to keep in mind about what uh, uh, states of mental dissociation and states of cognitive dissonance. Look up that term, cognitive dissonance. That's what we're talking about here. These people who are in this psychological condition are rooted in a worldview, in a way of seeing themselves in relationship to the wider world, the wider universe and other people. And it's not just that they see the world like that, it's that they are attached to seeing the world like that. They don't want anyone else coming in and taking away or breaking down that worldview because they associate that worldview with their own personal identity. That's the key to keep in mind. I just wanted to say that to help the listeners understand how this is going to relate to what I talked about in the, in the last, in this show uh, about worldview. So uh, go ahead, Daryl. Uh, this, uh, this is an article that you wrote on um, the state of mental dissociation. Yeah, I, th I've experienced this phenomenon of dissociation happening right in front of my eyes. Um, you know, like at the time, three years ago, I used to hang out with some people that would play some video games and, you know, and, you know, play online land gaming and stuff, you know, and all of a sudden there was this huge and heated argument with six or seven people in the room. I'll skip the personal bullshit and go right to the crux of their argument. This is their actual argument in their own words as they were spoken to me. Whenever I would try to talk to them, they would say, the world, number one, this is the one thing, the world has always been at war, and that's the way it will always have to be, in their view. They always think that. They, they would never question any of that. Uh, number two, they think humanity is destroying, uh, humanity destroying itself is common knowledge. They think that, that that shouldn't be a concern in your life. They think that there's far too many stupid people on this planet anyway, and they, they think you should just worry about bettering yourself, not others. They think that concern for world uh, events and arrogance are one and the same, uh, unless, of course, you hold public office or are employed in an occupation of political nature. Okay, wait, I want to stop you there, okay? S say that one again slowly, because that's a, that's a really, I mean, that, that, that's... They actually, actually think you're arrogant for okay. having concern about world events that are, you know, beyond your daily routine. They actually think you're being arrogant by actually thinking about things beyond yourself. Okay, so that is an arrogant way of seeing yourself in relation to the world, that if you see a, a world problem that you want to take concern and issue with to try to bring balance to, you're, you're telling me that the people you spoke to... They don't you think have, you have the credentials to speak out against those things. Right, that no one, no, only an expert only can an expert. learn about that. You can't do it through... Your, your desire to seek knowledge and truth in the world and then actually come to a higher level of consciousness on your own and then get involved with your, your wider community 
you know, your wider, uh, you know, social network of people to, to be able to bring any kind of balance or right those wrongs or injustices. And they think that's an arrogant viewpoint to, to even take, that you could make a difference. Then they will immediately challenge you to come up with a complete solution. And they tell you, if you can't lay out exactly what we should all do about it, then you should shut the hell up and don't bother talking to anybody else about it. Keep that liberal bullshit to yourself, they'll tell me. Watch the language. <laughs> but, um... Uh, the, the thing that you said there is um, um, that they think that, uh, hold on. Uh, yeah, number three. Okay, so they're saying if you can't lay out a total solution, you can't bring every single thing that we should do. So what does this imply? This implies that someone needs to tell them what, what to, to do. do. To be an expert in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 well, it says a lot about their underlying worldview. Yes. And it, it seems like this is actually a deterministic principle as well, because they think that the, all the answers have to be laid out, that nothing can organically flow and take its own course, that you have to have everything laid out predetermined, okay, and that, you know, uh, they need to be led. So, so someone actually brought this up in a meeting uh, that Truth, Freedom, Prosperity held, okay, and said, well, what we need to do is become like the, uh, the elites that are guiding the sheep, they call them the sheeple, okay, that we need to guide them in our ways so because all they are are followers. And how I answered that, and I want the listening audience to really hear what I'm about to say, okay, I said in response to that comment that we need to just lead other people. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want followers. I don't want to be a puppet master and have other people on my strings. That's not how I want to live my life. I want to live my life in harmony with natural law principles go higher up in consciousness and understanding, and essentially be left alone so long as I don't harm anybody else. That's what I want. And I want other people to live in those basic ways that, that, that they're not harming anybody else and that they're uh, you know, basically operating in ways that they are in the right to operate without stepping on other people's natural freedoms. God-given freedoms, okay, in boundaries with natural law principles and understanding. That's it. That has absolutely nothing to do with wanting to control anybody else, and it certainly has nothing to do with wanting to lead people. I don't want to have to lead anybody. I'm not your leader, okay? I'm not your guru. I don't want to be a guru, and I'm not. Okay? The, do not look outside of yourself for the leader. You've got to think for yourself. You have to take in information from as many sources as possible. Make up your own mind about it with an open mind and lead yourself. Your life is your own. What you do with it is up to you. But it, what, what really irked me about this their worldview, right? It's, it's not just that they have a worldview that, that, that really is, you know, uh, anti-thinking for yourself, but also they're they're like, you know, 
they're they're really aggressive against anyone who does, and they want to put anybody who does down. Well, that's their conditioning and their attachment to their current way of seeing the world, which which if you follow this through to its conclusion, can't really benefit them or anyone else around them because it's based in wanting to be led, as that last point brought up. So go ahead, continue sure. on to some of their other... Oh, points. the other thing, they kept going. They kept saying to me that, uh, oh, oh, if you're analyzing specific news stories, uh, that's a waste of time, and that's needlessly complicating your life, Daryl. If, if you analyze news and you're angry about what's happening to the country lately, then... You're depressed, and maybe you should seek medication or wow. something like that. You know, like they would actually think that. They would actually think that I need to so go on meds for thinking uh, for myself. Okay, so so you run the people that say if you're concerned about the happenings of the world around you, then you're depressed. That, that you need to basically be put on medication. If you, you look at news, you look at what's taking place on earth, and you try to take a, an active role in it, that means by definition to these people, that you're a depressed person and you should be on something like uh, psychotropic drugs. Yeah, basically. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, they think that those who discuss the current political situation are the ones to blame for the disunity in America, not the actual people telling the lies and committing the torture and, you know, put, and, and ushering in a police state. No. They think that actually people that talk about it are, are causing well, the unity well, in America. This is a powerful dynamic to really understand. And as we're going forward in what's taking place in the world, people really need to be on watch for this. Because the media is going to get behind that dynamic that you just brought up there. And they're going to play up on that to try to take the focus away from the people who are really creating these negative crises in the world, such as the financial crisis. 9-11 and other, other uh, you know, uh, acts that have been committed, okay? And they're going to try to shift the blame off of the people who really carried out those acts of, of terrorism, okay? The real terrorists that, that are behind false flag events such as that. And they're going to try to shift it onto the people that are actually talking about them being false flag acts of, of terrorism. That's what, that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to demonize people who are trying to bring the truth to the light of day. So it's, it's something that the alternative media community really needs to watch and uh, get the truth out about once things like that start to happen through the mainstream media, which, uh, according to what you know, I see happening, invariably will start to occur. And the one thing about about 9/11, I just I want to touch on. Uh, I would ask these people, you know, do you know it's physically impossible for a steel frame steel frame skyscraper to fall at free fall speed straight down into the path of most resistance without the use of high powered explosives to to destroy all the load bearing supports simultaneously? Do you know the government's official story of 9/11 violates Newton's conservation of momentum law? Right, and these people would say, "Oh, that's just too pinky in the brain for me." Well, they think that the, you know that's just too pinky in the brain. They don't think that anybody is organized enough well, to pull that off. My, my major when I was in college was mechanical engineering. I, I studied mechanical engineering at the University of Pennsylvania, and I proved that basic physics principle to myself with an engineering uh, physics 101 textbook with. Three simple laws of Newtonian motion and a, one uh, a quadratic, the formula to solve a quadratic equation. Yeah. That, that's all that's needed to solve 
for, for that, to show that, that the, the events that we saw play out uh, and the explanations that were given well, them, it's the same thing. are like, against the laws of physics. I read about it like, you know, early on in my research, when I first began my research, I did this, you know, thing where there was a website that did a free fall calculator for people who were jumping out of planes, you know, and they would calculate free fall speed. Well, you can actually use those calculations to time the World Trade Center uh, collapses and actually see that it is in free fall. It's coming down, straight down at the speed of gravity, as if you had just dropped the ball from the top of the building to the, to the ground. Well, the, the, the media and the cognitive dissonance that is brought about by uh, connection with media and attachment to mainstream media is extremely strong because people who will refuse to see basic fundamental laws in nature seemingly violated, right? They won't understand that, that that they can't, these laws can't be violated according to the laws of nature, but the official explanations that are given by the media do seemingly violate the laws of nature. So they're holding two things in their minds the that way. are in total contradiction simultaneously. Which is Orwell's definition of double thing. That's doublethink, and it's, it's this psychological condition known as cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. We'll be talking a lot about that on uh, upcoming shows, and we'll be getting into the uh, events about 9-11 on future shows as well. Awesome. And you know my speciality in what I discuss regarding the events of 9-11 due to my background in the occult is occult symbolism in relation to the 9-11 event. And that is really what we'll start to get into on future shows. That won't be for a while. Uh, I'll probably, uh, hopefully, be having some people on who are members of different 9-11 truth organizations, like people from AE 9-11 Truth and others. But uh, we'll be doing that in future weeks. So let's go to a few other points in, uh, in this uh, article on, uh, on, on dissonance and dissociation. Yeah. They also believe that uh, all human beings worldwide have lost all credibility and integrity, so it is therefore pointless to strive for either one. Sarcasm, cynicism, and closed-mindedness are perfectly acceptable substitutes in their opinion. Okay, so integrity is meaningless to someone in this state of dissociation, and uh, why are you bother to, bothering to try to create wholeness or integrity? Uh, or, or any kind of proper moral behavior. So th they, would, they would say that sarcasm is far better, to, and that a cynical worldview is far better, because this again goes toward a deterministic way of seeing the world. That, oh, it's already, events are already set in motion. We don't really have any impact. We can't really change anything. It Free will does not exist. It, yeah, yeah. It is the mentality of a slave. This mm -hmm. is an extreme right-brained, worldview that they're holding, and, and I'll tell you what really leads people into this worldview that puts them in a right brain state and keeps them there. It's that hypnotist in your living room called the, the television, TV. folks. That's what it is. Defenestrate your television. <sighs> okay, and then the other thing they told me was that people that go into the military do so willingly, and so they shouldn't worry about being lied to. They think it's not their job to know the truth is what they told me. Their job is to love their country and follow orders, unquote. Wow. Well, we're, we're going to end on, on that point. We have 90 seconds left in this show. I'm going to wrap it up. But I'll tell you what uh, th that, that reminds me of. We watched the documentary Why We Fight a, few, a couple months back at the Ethical Society as part of uh, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity's uh, 
uh, free documentary screenings that they have there every uh, third Monday of the month. And uh, there was a soldier in there that basically said, why do my commanders order me to war? I don't worry about that. I follow orders. That's my job. And I, I would say that's what created Nazi Germany and the Third Reich and I will, all the soldiers out there. If you think that yeah. that's a moral position to hold, you have a lot to learn. Yeah, I would, I would close by saying that uh, this is their argument in their own words. These guys are people I knew for a lot of years, but it's getting harder and harder to maintain any sort of friendship with people like this because, you know, people that watch a lot of TV and they're not reading the Internet news, they're not concerned about what's going on. So the level of apathy these people reach to justify their way of thinking is just surreal, and it's really frightening. The last, you know, nine years of war propaganda really did a number on them, and it's attitudes like theirs that have been a major factor in leading our country to where it is today. Well, thank you, Daryl, for being on the show. Those are some really powerful insights. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on with us. This has been What on Earth is Happening, folks. WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, RevolutionBroadcasting.com. We'll see you next week.